about what God's been doing so far. Amen? They're going to talk about camp maybe more in a little bit, but I tell you what, it was incredible this week, guys. God moved so great. A bunch of kids made this. Come on, somebody. I thought you might get excited about that. Mm-hmm. Amen. If we got your Bibles, go to Acts chapter 7. I'll give you just all a second to get there. Turn them on or open them up. Either way is good with us. Here's what it says. And Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was mighty in words and, and, and in deeds. Verse 30. Now when he was 40, when 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai in the flame of fire in a bush. And when Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. And as he drew near to look, there came a voice of the Lord. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses trembled, and he didn't dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing, it's holy ground. I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their groaning. And I've come down to deliver them. And now come, I'm going to send you. All right, y'all. So Acts chapter 7. Uh, Stephen, in this setting of Scripture, is about ready uh, to be stoned. He's, he's put on, on death row, so to speak. And, and he's giving his defense. He's, he's explaining uh, some things as to why, why he's doing uh, what he's doing. He's sharing some of his story. And, and he goes on to share uh, the story of Abraham and the story of Isaac and the story of Jacob and the story of Joseph. And, and he gets in to the story of Moses. Go ahead and put verse 34 back up there. Um, then I'll tell you where to go from there. He, uh, he, he's, he's sharing some of this story. And I'm going to start in verse 34. And we're going to kind of preach this and rewind. <laughs> but let's look at what it says again. He's God speaking to Moses. Moses has been, been taking care of Jethro's sheep. And, and he's been a, a mess of a life. He's, you know, he's older at this point in life. And life has been crazy. And he's dealt with ups and downs and good and bad and highs and lows. And, and you, you know how that goes. Anybody know what I'm saying? And Moses is uh, taking care of his father-in-law's sheep in, a, in, in the wilderness. And he's running around this mountain. And this, this bush lights up on fire, right? Uh, only the bush hasn't burned out, right? The bush is still burning. And it's not it's not consuming the bush and he has this conversation with God right and God tells him hey it's holy ground take off your sandals and we get to verse 34 and God says this he says I have surely seen the affliction of my people now before we can go any further I love the fact that God looks straight at Moses and he says Moses I've seen what my people are going through he says, I noticed, the, I noticed the hardship. I've noticed the toil. I've noticed the struggle. I've noticed your anxiety. I've noticed uh, the taskmasters that are over you and how they're hurting you and how they're, they're causing you pain and, and they're causing you discomfort. I love, love this setting of Scripture because God is speaking to Moses about Israel, but he's also speaking to Moses about Moses. He's saying, Moses, I've seen you wander. And the truth is, as you wander, you begin to wonder, is God 
going to get me. Can I preach with anybody else in the house today? When we begin to wander around, Moses, he says, you begin to wonder, am I going to do what I said I'm going to do? Can I really be in your life who I said I want to be in your life? As you begin to wander, Moses, you begin to wonder, will I come through? Am I faithful? Am I truthful? Am I holy? Am I strong enough? Moses, he says, I've seen what you're going through. And I've seen what the, the, my children, the Israel, the Hebrew children are going through. I've seen their struggle. I get it. He says, I've seen it. I, I love I, I love the verbiage that he uses because he, he sees what you're facing today. He sees, every, he sees your frustration. He sees your hurts. And he also sees your hopes and your future and your dreams. As a matter of fact, Jeremiah says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to uh, prosper you, right? Plans to bring you hope and a future. He's looking at the Egyptians and he's looking at Moses and he's looking at, at the Israelites or the Hebrews. And he's saying, Moses, I need you to understand something. I get it. I get the hardship. I get the hurt. I see what you're facing. I, I see it. I see it. But he doesn't just stop there. He says, I heard it too. The word says from the fruit of a man's lips, his stomach is filled. See, I love this, guys, because I, he says, I saw what you were facing, but I also heard your cry. Come on, somebody. I think some of us, guys, in our, in our hardship, in our toil, in our trouble, if, if it's true in, in Proverbs where it says from the fruit of a man's lips, his stomach is filled, we got to be careful what we say in our hardships. Come on, somebody. we got to be careful. we got to be careful. Otherwise, we'll end up hung by our own tongue. I, I love this setting of Scripture, guys, because he's saying, I see what you're going through. But I also heard what you said about the person that hurt you. Come on, somebody. I listened to you gossip about it to other people. And he's like, that, that's not what I'm looking for. Come on, somebody. It's quiet in the house today. He said, I see what you're facing. And, and I heard what you have to say about it. I heard your heart's cry. I heard the good and I heard the bad. I, I heard, I heard, I saw it, yes, but not only did I see it. I also, I hear your opinion. I hear your heart. I hear, I hear what you're saying. I love this. It brings, it brings uh, God, the, the Godhead, it brings God to this very personal place for us. That to you specifically, to Moses specifically. He said, I heard what you were saying on the back side of the mountain when you were alone. I heard you. I heard you crying out saying, God, are you even still there? God, I've been wandering for so long. I felt alone for so long. Are you even? I heard you, Moses. I heard you. I heard you. I love that it brings this real personal aspect to God in our life. I love that he's talking, Joe, uh, Stephen is talking, and he's talking to these people about Moses, who is their hero. And he says, man, he's showing them Moses was personal with God, and God wants to be personal. Come on, somebody, with you. I've seen it, and I heard it. But what I love is next. Look what he says. He says, I heard, I seen, I heard, and I'm going I'm to I'm come down. And I'm going to deliver them. Now, I thought some of my shots, like I'm reading, if I was Moses and I was on that holy ground and my sandals were off, it wouldn't have mattered if there's a thorn bush. If he would have said, I saw it, I heard it, and I'm going to deliver them, I'd have been like, glory, yeah. Like I'd have been jumping and shouting and dancing. Come on, somebody. I've been excited about the, anybody get excited when God wants to bring deliverance to you? Anybody get excited when God wants to move in your situation? Anybody get excited when God wants to bring peace or hope when you're hopeless? Anybody get excited when you're facing all this turmoil and you feel the very spirit of God just walk in the room. God is speaking to Moses about the Israelite children. And he says, I seen it, I heard it, and I'm going to act on your behalf. 
I'm reading this. Yeah, amen. I'm reading this, y'all, and I'm like, glory to God, that's awesome. Like, I would be absolutely shouting. I would be screaming. I'd be saying, yeah, God, do it. Yeah, God, you're faithful. God, you got this. God, you're able. But then I read the next part, and it messes all that up. <laughs> he says, and now come, I will send you to Egypt. If this was the, 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 the BJV or the, the, the RNV, the redneck version, God would have said this. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now, I'm going to send you. I'm, I'm finna send you over there. Anybody's mom and dad ever do that? Come on now. God's speaking to Moses. I'm going to deliver him. Moses like, yeah. And God goes, but. I'm, I, when I said I'm going to come, really I'm just going to come through you. God, I need deliverance. Okay, here's how you're going to. You're going to walk across the street. And you're going to be the one, my God, to initiate forgiveness. Come on, somebody. See, we always, Jesus is always the answer. But you are always a part of the solution. See, all the time we're saying, God, deliver me. God, deliver me. God, deliver me. And he's going, I'm trying to, but I can't get you to move. I want to do it on your behalf, but I can't get you to do anything about your situation. God will not do for you what you will not do for you. God, would you move? God, would you move? He's like, I've been trying to move, man. Come on now. I'm going to send you. Moses is like, God, I wish you'd deliver my people so I could go back home. God, I wish you would do something. I'm so tired of my people being in bondage. I'm so tired of my people hurting. God said, I heard your cry. I heard a lot of talk, but I'm ready to see some action. He says, I'm ready to see some life service with that lip service. Come on, somebody. I'm ready to see you do something about what you're saying. He looks at Moses and he says, Moses, I'm going to deliver these people, but I'm going to use you to do it. I love this. Uh, have you ever wanted other people to do what God's called you to do? Yeah. I had this lady come to one time. Years ago, I was in youth ministry. Her heart was awesome. So this, I'm not being mean. But she came and she said, uh, Pastor Bo, I want, I, I want to do a Big Brothers, Big Sisters program. I said, you know what? That's awesome. Where I'm actually working on a, a similar program, an after school program. It's going to be awesome. Um, we need some volunteers and da, 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 da. And she goes, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do Big Brothers, Big Sisters. And I said, well, then you should do it. She goes, no, I don't want to run it. I just want to volunteer some. Okay, well, go volunteer. No, no, I want it to be in this town that we're in now. I don't want to, I have to drive. I want to do it at our church. I'm like, then do it. She's like, I don't feel like I'm supposed to do it. I feel you're. I said, well, it's going to take a lot of money and a lot of volunteers, and I ain't got either one. <laughs> See, the reality is, God's, God wants to use you. You ready for this? I cannot do what he's called you to do. Now, he can pass you by and choose someone else. But the reality is, I cannot do what God has put on Matt's heart to do. God has put kids church on Matt's heart to do. If I am doing kids church, I can't do this. And I'm not saying I'm good at this. I'm just saying I'm called to do this in this season of my life. See, the reality is if, 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 if you won't do what you are called to do, don't expect anyone else to do it for you. So often, like we have a burning in our heart and we think something needs to be done. But the problem is we want everyone else to do it for us. God is looking at Moses. He's like, I've heard you talk for 40 years about this mountain, wandering around this mountain about deliverance of your people. I heard it and I'm a move, but I'm going to use you. you. I'm going to use you to do it, Moses. 
and Moses. Let's talk about Moses' story, man. Moses had a jacked up story. Moses, uh, Moses was abandoned. He's like, God, but I was abandoned, man. I was just a little baby. I was just a little baby boy. Three months old, it says in Acts 7, that he was hid three months. And for the sake of argument, I'm just going to say it was in a closet. They hid me for three months in a closet. And when they couldn't hide me no more, my mama put me in a basket and put me in the Nile River and just let me go. God, how on earth can I do anything? My life started out so messed up. My history started out so jacked up. My, my, my hurt started out so deep. God, I was abandoned and as I read that y'all I began to think about think about Moses's mom Jacob her story and how she's hiding that baby for three months and, and maybe God spoke to her about what Moses was going to do and, and, and what, God, what God was wanting to do through Moses and in Moses. And so she hid that baby. Come on, somebody. She hid that baby. The officers would walk by because they're coming to kill every two-year-old boy and under that's a Hebrew. So she's hiding that baby. She's hiding that baby. She's hiding that baby. The, the soldiers walk by and she hides that baby. And I begin to think that is it possible, y'all? Is it possible? Is it possible? That, that really, if that baby was going to live, she was trying to hold on to it. And for that baby to have the life that it was called to have, she had to let go of it. I feel like preaching in the house. Maybe y'all been holding on to some stuff that God's been calling you to let go of. Maybe you're trying to hold on to something and you're saying, but God, if I let it go, I don't know what's going to happen. God, if I let go of this, what if it doesn't work out the way I thought or the way I hoped or the way I dreamed? And the reality is, if you will just let that thing go in the flow of the river... God will take it where it needs to go. God will position it where it's supposed to be. God's got your best in mind. Some of y'all hiding some stuff in your closet, and it's time to let it out. Touch your neighbor and say, let it out. Let it out. But, but God, I was abandoned. And then I was abducted. Pharaoh's daughter picked me up and stole me and took me into Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's house. God, I was raised as an Egyptian, man. I was raised with an identity crisis. I was abducted. Can I tell you? Sometimes we feel like some of our hopes and dreams have been abducted by other people. Or can I say the enemy? Sometimes we feel that some of the stuff that we're wanting to do has been taken captive by the enemy. He says, but God, have you seen my life? I was abandoned. I was abducted. And then when I finally got big, I murdered two people. I murdered a guy. I, I'm a murderer, God. Like, God, do you, have you, you said you saw, but obviously you missed the part where I killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. These two Israelites were, were being treated harshly by this Egyptian taskmaster and Moses, under Pharaoh, he was, he was pretty high up in the army, and he walked by and saw it, and he killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. The next day, he sees some Egyptians arguing, and he goes to the He's like, guys, chill out, man. This isn't a, you don't need to be fighting over this. And they said, you're going to kill us too and bury us like you're the Egyptian? And that's when he took off into wandering. He's looking at God, and he's saying, are you kidding me, God? I was abandoned, then I was abducted, and now I'm a fugitive from murder. From murder. And I began to think about this. He killed the Egyptian because he was being hard on the Israelite. See, the truth is, deliverance was in Moses' heart 
all along. Mm. Moses, come on, Moses was called to deliverance. He was compelled to deliverance long before he was commissioned to bring deliverance. And see, sometimes God puts some stuff in us. He puts some callings in you. He puts some compellings in you, but you don't know for sure how to use them. So we act out of time frame with God's plan. We act not in his process, but in our own process. And the reality is anytime we take God's promise through our process, there always ends up with blood on our hands. There always ends up being a mistake. And usually after the mistake, we run from the thing that God positioned us to. He ran into the wilderness. See, the truth is he had the right heart all along. The truth is, Moses had the right idea all along. Moses had the right, his his intention was right. He just didn't filter it through the power and and the purpose of God on his life. And that happens a lot. A lot of times we wreak havoc in our lives because we're not filtering what he said through his promise, not filtering his promise through his process. We're not filtering his plan. We're just kind of doing it. And we're like a shotgun. And we're just causing a mess everywhere we go. And God's going, would you slow down? I want you to be accurate. Like a sniper rifle. Not, not crazy. Like a shot. He's looking at Moses and Moses is like, but I was a murderer and now I'm a fugitive. I'm a wanderer. I've been wandering around this mountain, God, for so long. Man, I was wandering. And then I, I, I found Jethro and I married his daughter. And that's great. But now I'm taking care of Jethro's sheep. I'm nobody. I've been wandering, God, around this mountain for too long, God. And when it's hot, I'm wandering. And when it's snowing, I'm wandering. And when I'm cold, I'm wandering. And when I'm, when I'm confused, I find myself wandering. And when I'm angry, I'm wandering. And the few happy days I have, I wake up and I'm wandering, chasing, chasing someone else's sheep. God, I'm a, I've, been, I've been abandoned, abducted. I'm a murderer, and now I'm a wanderer. I'm, not, I'm a nobody, God. I'm, 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 I'm a mess, God. I'm hurting, God. How could you use me? Look at my life. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? Anybody ever feel like that? Anybody ever feel like that? Sheep in the desert? I was just couldn't help but think. God begins to speak back. And he says, you're a wanderer. You're a wanderer. You're taking care of sheep in a desert. Yeah, that's true, Moses. That's true. You're wandering, taking care of sheep in a desert. But if, Moses, if you're not faithful... With someone else's sheep, how can I trust you? Come on, somebody. With my sheep. Moses, I know that you feel that there's more in you than you're currently doing, Moses. I know that there's a spark in your heart that, like we talked last week, is being stirred and some stuff is supposed to be mixed into this thing. Moses, I get where you're coming from. I get your heart, Moses. But if you're not faithful with what's in front of you, How can you ever have any more? You want to be promoted out of this season. But if you don't handle this season well, you'll never get to the next. My wife, um, she was a gardener for a couple years. Um, I'm very careful the way I say that. She was a gardener for a couple years. And of all of our time gardening, anybody garden? Good deal. Uh, (laughs) Of all of our time gardening, you know what never happened not one time? Never one time. 
Did we ever harvest a tomato? Ever. Unless we planted a tomato seed. Now, I love watermelon and cantaloupe, glory to God. And I loved eating those watermelon and cantaloupe that she, the, the fruit of her loin right there for, for her labor. And, and it was so good, man. And it was so crazy because she, we never ate a watermelon, never ate a cantaloupe. Unless if there was seed in the soil. See, a lot of us are saying, but I want to eat the produce of my God. I want to eat the tomato. I want to eat the watermelon. I want to eat the carrot. I want to eat the cucumber. And God's going, okay, a few months ago, what did you put in the ground? And we're like, no, no, I skipped that part. God's going, listen, you cannot harvest, I'm about to preach, you cannot harvest what you did not sow. And we have people that are spiritually frustrated in their life because they're not harvesting something they never sowed, and they're blaming you, and they're blaming me, and they're blaming God for something that they refuse to do in and of themselves. He will not do for you what you will not do for you. Moses, I know you're tired of wandering. But I can't promote you out of this season until you're faithful in this season. It says in the word, there's seed, blank, and harvest. What was the blank? Someone said it. Time. Seed, you sow the seed. Time, and then harvest. Some of us are skipping the seed portion. But most of us, we hate the time portion. We're saying, but God, I planted, I planted that seed. God, I, I ain't had a carrot all day. And God's like, well, chill, bro. You planted that seed yesterday. Or you planted it last week. And as much as you want the carrot or the produce of your planting, you'll never, you'll never eat the fruit of that vineyard unless if time passes. A lot of us are like, God, I've been doing this long enough. And he's like, yeah, but, but in the process, don't dig up. The seed that's under the soil. And I say this a lot because it has to grow down before it can grow up. It has to break open before it can break through. He's speaking to us today, guys, and he's saying that you've planted some stuff and you're ready to harvest some stuff. But if you eat it before it's ripe, it doesn't taste good and it doesn't bring nourishment to your body. He's saying to Moses and he's saying to the Hebrews and he's saying to the hill that, listen, you sow, you wait, and then you reap. You cannot be promoted out of this season until you're faithful in this season. Who's your sheep in a field? Who's your sheep in the wilderness? I know. Handle the sheep well because I have a nation for you. If you can't handle what's in front of you, he can't hand you anything bigger. So often we're saying, God, I want more. And he's like, I just want you to be faithful. <laughs> faithfulness, what the Lord told me a few, oh, a year ago, the Lord, a year and a half ago, the Lord told me, he said, son, faithfulness will take you where talent won't. God, I want more. I tell him that all the time. God, I want more. He's like, well, you stink in this area. So get better there and then we'll talk. <laughs> that doesn't hurt my feelings. You know what it tells me? that I've got room to grow. And that if I want the harvest, I got to wait a little longer so that it tastes right, so that it's ripe. Come on, somebody. Moses is speaking, and he's like, but God, I was abandoned. 
Did you miss that part? Okay, fine. I was wandering and there was a purpose for the wandering. And I get it, God. If I can't be faithful in the wandering, I'll never be faithful in the finding. I get it, God. That's great. But did you forget the part of my story where I was abandoned? And God's like, uh-uh. You just misunderstood it. See, you thought you were abandoned by that person. You thought you were abandoned by that situation. You thought you were abandoned by that job. You were never abandoned. You were released. Come on, somebody. You were never abandoned. You were released so that you could do what you were called to do. So that you could go where you were called to go. Now, the poor part of the story I love. See, Moses was a child. He didn't understand it. So God, so his mama puts him in the basket, releases him. But on the bank, it says that his sister Miriam was running alongside the basket, watching what would happen with the boy. See, Miriam is a type of the Holy Ghost. When we let go, when we are released to flow to the area that he called us to flow. The Holy Ghost is walking alongside us, ordering our steps, showing us where to go. And if our basket tips, y'all, he gets in that river, picks us back up and sends us on down. Come on, somebody. I'm so thankful that the Spirit of God walks alongside you, personally escorting you to your promise. You were never abandoned. You were released. Moses, you misunderstood it. It wasn't an abandonment. It was a releasing. Okay, fine, but then I was abducted. Moses, don't you understand it? They were killing Hebrew boys. The safest place for you to discover deliverance may have been in the enemy's camp. Because see, in a camp of comfort, you'd have drowned in the river. But in the enemy's camp, my God, you'd have learned how things work. You'd have learned how to talk the right way. You'd have learned how to walk the right way. You'd have really learned how to bring deliverance from the inside out. And can I tell you, when God brings deliverance, it is always from the inside out. He never just wants to clean your outside. Come on, somebody. But it's a spell, a, a well that springs up from the inside, overflowing in your life. I thought I was abandoned. Nope. You were released. I thought I was abducted. Nope. You were recovered. I was a murderer. Now deliverance was, deliverance was in you. You just didn't know what to do with it quite yet. You just didn't fully understand it. I was a wanderer. No, you were being positioned. Worship can come help me. But look what he says in verse 32. God speaking to Moses. I am the God of your fathers. The God of Abraham. The God of Isaac. And the God of Jacob. I love this. I love this. I love this. You got it. I love this. It's so good. He says this. He says, I'm the God of Abraham. Abraham was the father of the faith. God is speaking to Moses. And he's saying, I am the God of your faith. Abraham walked out of Ur of the Chaldeans, walked out of the mountains of Haran and into a land that God would show him, known as Canaan, known as the land that would flow with milk and honey. He was saying to Moses, listen, Moses, I'm the God of your faith. I'm the God of your direction. I'm the God of your destination. And I'm the God of your dreams. Moses, if you'll trust me, if you'll, if you'll put your faith in me, I can take you where you're called to go. Moses, if you'll trust Trust me, if you'll obey me, I'll be the God of your faith and I'll help everything to work together for your good. Come on, somebody. He says, Moses, if you'll trust me. Moses, if you'll trust me, I'll be the God of your faith. But he doesn't stop there. He says, I'm also the God of Isaac. Isaac was the strength of Abraham. 
Isaac was the, the rightful heir. He was the, a progenitor of the faith. He said, I'm the God of your faith and I'm the God of your strength. I'm the God of your talent. I'm the God of your gifts. I'm the God of what you're good at. I'm the God of your faith, direction, and destination. I'm the God of your strengths, your talents, and your abilities. But this next part, when, when they were writing the Bible, they got it wrong. It says the God of Jacob. And that's wrong. Because I thought Jacob wrestled with God. And he was messed up. I thought Jacob was a deceiver and a trickster. I'm reading the story. And I'm like, I thought Jacob was a liar and he was a mess. And God wrestled with him. And he said, no longer will you be called Jacob. But from now on, you'll be called Israel. It should say, I'm the God of of Abraham, your faith, your direction, and your dreams. I'm the God of Isaac, your strength, and your abilities. And I'm the God of Israel, your new name, your new identity. No longer will you be known for what you did, but you'll be known for who I've called you to be. Wouldn't that make a lot more sense? Can, can I, Matt, wouldn't that preach a whole lot better? Instead, it says this, I'm the, God of your, I'm the God of your faith, your direction, and your destination. I'm the God of your strength, your abilities, your talents, and I'm the God of your mess, and I'm the God of your, I, you're, a, you're a murderer, Moses. And I'm reading this and I'm saying, that's all wrong. And God says, no, it's all right. Because people can trust me with their faith and they can trust me with their strengths, but they really struggle to trust me with their weaknesses. They really struggle to trust me with what tempts them. They really struggle to trust me with their trials. And he said, I want to be the God of your faith and I want to be the God of your strengths. But I really, above all, I want to be the God of your weakness. I want to be, when you're in trials, I want to be the God of that. I want you to turn to me. When you're being tempted, I want you to turn to me. When you're doubting, I want you to turn to me, Moses. When you're running, I want you to turn to me. When you're wandering and wondering, I want you to turn to me. I want to be the God of your faith. I want to be the God of your strength but I want to be the God of your weaknesses too. Moses said, but God, I stutter. I don't talk very well. God, I'm a mess. I got all these issues. I'm struggling, God. I'm struggling. I don't, I stutter. I need help. Verse 22. And Moses was instructing all the wisdom of the Egyptians and he was mighty in words and in deeds. God was saying, listen, Moses, you're going to walk. You're going to walk. And my signs and wonders are going to follow you. When you come to an impassable Red Sea, the water will part and you'll walk across on dry ground. When you get over there and there's no water, I'll cause water to come from the walk. rock. He says, when you're in the desert, I'll cause manna to fall from heaven. Come on, somebody. He says, when, you're, when you don't know what to do, I'll do it for you. He says, Moses, I will endorse what you say with my spirit, with signs and wonders. There's an area of my life in ministry that was a weakness for me for a long time. And not, not, in, not something I tried to hide. Jerry, it wasn't something I was embarrassed of. I joked about it. I joked about it. I said, this is a weakness and that's okay. Not my gift. Not my gift, not my concern. But the truth is, I began to use that weakness as if it was a crutch. And I used that weakness, right? 
And I used that weakness all the time. And I was like, well, I'm just not, that's just not my gift. And if that's what you're wanting, you, that ain't going to be me. And that's never going to be me. And I'm not ready to go into all that tonight. But I love this story because I'm using this, I'm using my weakness as a crutch. I'm saying, well, God, I'm not good at that. God, that's not my area. God, that's not my strength. God, that's not my gift. God, someone else is going to have to do that. And I'm using this thing for, for the last uh, 13 years as a crutch. But then I read this verse. And it says, he was mighty. Dunamis is dynamite power. Exousia is another word for mighty or power. And it's authoritative. It's authority. But neither of those words are the words he used here. He used dunatus, which is literally strength, strong, mighty. I love this study of scripture. Because he said he was mighty. In what? In what? In his words and his deeds. See, I had this crutch for a long time. And it was a crutch, and I used it, Pastor JR. I struggled with it. And I, I went ahead and, and told people about my crutch. I told people why I wasn't good and how I couldn't be used in this capacity. And I would never do this because I don't have this. I used it as a crutch. Moses used the fact that he didn't speak well as a crutch. He said, I'm not good at talking, God. Someone else is going to have to do that for me. But as Stephen recounts the obedience of Moses, I need you to understand something. As Stephen talks about Moses' obedience, even his weakness was powerful. Even his weakness was to the rest of the world strong. But more than that, but more than that, his crutch, his weakness, I need you to get this. His crutch, he was strong in deeds, but that was always a little behind. God was saying, your weakness can lead the way. He didn't say in deeds and words. He said in words and deeds. If you'll obey me, Moses, your weakness can lead the way into everything I've called you to do, my God in heaven. If, you're, if, you'll, if you'll trust me, if I can be the God of your weakness, I can cause it to be the very thing that carries you where I need you to go. If you'll trust me with what you struggle with, if you'll trust me with your hurts and with your failures, if you'll trust me with what you don't understand, it can be the very thing that propels you into what I've called you to do and where I've called you to go. I think it's fascinating that Moses said I'm weak but God said don't you understand when you're weak I am strong Would you get up off all, all over this house as we sing this song and we're going to declare, I'm weak in this area. I have weakness and I have struggle. But God, be the God of my weakness. Be the direction of my weakness. Be the hope of my weakness.
God uses stories in the Bible to change our view on, on not only ourselves, but our situation, not only on our situation, but in the, in the problems that we think that we have. Maybe this morning you've heard a story. Maybe this morning you have re-examined what that means in your life. Maybe you're hearing a story about a God that, that you didn't know loved you even in the middle of your mess, even in the middle of what you thought wasn't worthy enough. We were youth camp and, and, and stories and stories, but um, one of them was just that they didn't know that, that they were even worthy of a God that can love them. My goodness, does that not break your heart when you get to stand before a teenager that thinks that they're not worthy of God to love them? And I think that that's what we put ourselves in every time that we think about what we're not. We think that God can't until we, until we get here, until we, can I tell you that God loves you right where you are this morning? Can I tell you that God doesn't need you to be a superstar? He just needs you to be you. Maybe that's you this morning and nobody looking around. Maybe, maybe this morning you heard about a God that loved you that you didn't think that could and you want to invite him into your heart this morning. You want to have a personal relationship with him. Maybe you're watching online and God is doing something in your heart. Online and in person alike, can you just lift your hand this morning and say, I want to accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. If that's you, can you raise your hand right here, right now? Anybody in the room, we're going to wait. If that's you, lift your hand real high. I'm proud for what God is doing in your life. Now, maybe, maybe just like me, you're sitting here thinking, God, I've been looking at my shortcoming waiting on you to fix it until I walk in it. And this morning, I was so convicted that, to say that, God, I need to let it, I need to, I need to give it to you so that you can use it to your advantage. My goodness, I, I've, been, I've been looking at everything in my life so wrong because I think that, that that's where I'm not, God, that's definitely, I'm, you're gonna use me in my strength and then my weakness will catch up but really, God, I need to release what I'm not good at so that I can allow you to move in a way that has never been done before. And God, that I can, I can strengthen myself as I trust in you in my weakness. If that's you this morning, can you just lift your hand in a surrender state? As we sing this song one more time, I just want you to lift your hands right where you are and say, God, I'm done walking in me and I'm ready to surrender and release it to you so that it comes back full fold. I shall go to the cross. I shall go to God alone. For His love has sound. i
Father, thank you for your love that runs with us eternally. God, thank you for in the middle of everything in our lives. God, you still look down on us and protect us when we're floating and so vulnerable and we think that we can't do or accomplish anything. Father, I'm thankful that you look down and you use us as we release it to you. God, I pray for these people this morning that have a different viewpoint on their calling that you've placed on them. On their purpose in life, God, I pray that you would give them strength to face it. God, I pray that we would start planting things now in the ground, that we would start, we would start sowing things and walking and having faith and moving in what you've called us to do so that the harvest is plentiful later. God, let us not get stuck in our own weaknesses, but give everything to you. Father, I pray for those that have raised their hand for salvation this morning. God, would you, would you fill them completely to overfilling this morning, to overflowing. Lord, we love you. Thank you for what you're doing. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, can we celebrate the one in this building and those online watching that have accepted Jesus? We can do better than that for a God that reached down in heaven and saved somebody this morning.